0: What's more deadly in space, a nuclear bomb or a fistful of marbles? I'm Torrin Atkinson. What does the U.S. Air Force
1: want with NASA's shuttle short bus? I'm Joe Fulgham. War in
0: space.
1: I'm Kevin Leeson. Tonight on Caustic Soda.
0: Welcome to Caustic Soda. Kevin's here. Yeah, uh, Joe's here. And Toren is obviously here, as is our guest. Our very special guest, Martin. How do you say your last name? Cirrulus. 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 Not Cerulus. No, no. Not Cerulean. No, you're, you're in danger of the entire small country of Latvia hunting you down. Martin is the lead designer at Kerberos Productions. Makers of? Sword of the Stars. Wow. What well, can you tell us about Sword of the Stars?
2: It's a game about space
0: war. Well, let's talk about space war today, We're then, since you're here and everything. That's right. Outer space. So we'll be talking all about that. But before we do,
3: let's do some follow-ups. I have a food follow-up wherein uh, Torn pointed out that the uh, the double-down KFC sandwich was 1,380 calories when, in fact, it was 540, but 1,380 milligrams of salt. So it's basically it's salt-like yeah. with a piece of chicken on top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, my mom actually posted an update. She emailed me oh, okay. after listening to our snakes episode. Yeah. Uh, and reminded me of a story that I'd completely forgotten about. About uh, when I was five years old in kindergarten, we went on a field trip to the pet shop, and I volunteered to have a constrictor. An anaconda? A, a, a python or a constrictor, <laughs> a large snake draped about my head and neck, yeah. and I thought it was the funnest thing, and every other kid freaked out.
0: Did they like go just go crazy smashing doors and windows? Or? Yeah, it was a riot. It was a five year old <laughs> riot.
1: What I want to know is, after you did that, did you put it in a bucket and starve it to death?
0: No, and but throw it at a dog. But
3: the uh, the handler <laughs> throw- did put it back in its cage and fed it a mouse. Oh, oh. and and so this was that before. This was the interesting fact <laughs> it to the kid. <laughs> it, <right>. it was, <laughs> here's the part that I remember about <laughs> He's this. Looking a little hungry, he threw the mouse in the cage with the thing. This is a live the snake. mouse. The live mouse, of course, they, they don't eat can, yeah, yeah. right? Through a live mouse, in Blaine, he was giving us a uh, a narration. Did, has, he na-
2: did he name the mouse for you kids? To no, make it more not at all. <laughs> no, more,
3: make it more scarring. Uh, he was giving us running narration, and uh, the mouse kind of ran around. and He's like, "Oh, it's in panic mode now. It can smell the snake, It knows it's in trouble." And then it actually like kind of flipped over, and it's all little legs and were twitching. He said, "Oh, it's having a cardiac arrest from panic." And so awesome. it it like actually had like a little miniature heart attack right before the snake. That's began the only kind of <laughs>
0: that
2: mice have. Sa- sadly, the first mouse moment of inventing <laughs> sign language for humans went without notice. <laughs> Get
0: me out! So, speaking of space warfare, are you, we? There's no. I couldn't find a phobia of space war in particular. It's called uh, Outlandia, the fear that your lungs will come <laughs> out of your mouth. That's right. But I did find out that the fear of space is called space phobia.
3: No, that's not true.
0: Or alternately, astrophobia. I was going to say, that's, okay, a, little astrophobia. that's yeah. a little more Latin. We'll go with that. That's right. So what are we going to talk about exactly? What kind of space warfare are we talking about here? Do we want to like, talk about what people think
2: space war will be? Or do we want to talk yeah, about let's, how let's, it will be? Let's start like, with re- how people think it's well, going to be. Because yeah. people think it's World War II with like fighters flying around going pew, pew, pew. Be-be-be-be-be.
0: And R2-D2 reaching back and fixing stuff. Yeah. Whereas talk. real space war is, what's that light? Oh, I'm dead. Oh, yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Yes. Because light lasers in space travel the speed of light. Yeah. They do here, too. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: (laughs) The thing about Space War is that it's perfect physics. Like, who took physics at all in high school? Not me, but Joe did. Do you you remember how, remember when you first start, they make the questions really easy, like assume a frictionless surface or assume no inertia so you can actually do it without four blackboards of math? Right. Space war is, is, that, is that, right? Yeah. So it's just like, don't adjust for bullet drop. Don't adjust for wind direction. Right. Don't adjust for wind like, Everything you shoot goes where you want it to go, right? Yeah. If you know where the planets in the way are, that's it. Space war, expression of it is two tense moments. The people in Spaceship A, people in Spaceship B. Launch missiles! Guys in Spaceship B are like, perform evasive maneuvers! Evasive maneuvers failed. Right, so the missile's going to be here in a week and kill us. I mean, pretty much, right? So anything you'd like to do or... That's not the most
0: dramatic version of space warfare, but. Because how far are? I guess it depends on what kind of weapons you're using, what kind of ships you have, so. And also, what kind of as of now as in your
2: article about space-based weapons? Oh, it wasn't my article, <laughs> sir. Uh, <laughs> processing power is really it, right? I mean, it's just. If you can cover all the possible positions the target can possibly be in, you can mm-hmm. cover every possible thing to hit it with, right? So if I, fire, if I fire a missile now at an airplane in the air, it's a matter of it chasing it, how much time it takes to get there, again, air, all the vagaries of things that happen on a planet. If I do the same maneuver in space, it's basically if the missile has fuel and Mm -hmm. speed enough to cover every possible thing your ship has fuel and speed enough to do in the week it takes to get there, you're dead.
3: Unless you shoot it down with a laser. Space propulsion would basically have to be... Quite different than what we have today, right? I mean, you watch the movie Apollo Thirteen, and they yeah. had a plan like a day and a half in advance to, you know, mm-hmm. figure out how to get back to the Earth, right? So, well, they're, so they're dealing so
0: warfare in space will be dealt by mathematicians. Mathematicians, it's, and, and it's, yes, it's the glory realm of the mathematician, yes. right? Like they will
2: rule with an iron fist yeah. and have small bits raining of metal from space on their heads. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The,
1: the Apollo Thirteen guys, though, the reason that they had to plan everything out in advance, one is because of they had to deal with so much of the gravity. They, they weren't dealing with a lot of the just open space and no uh, no other influences. They had to deal with Earth's gravity, the moon's gravity, the interactions of both of them. Uh, they also had computers that were not as powerful mm. as the old VIC-20 yeah. computers mm. of yesterday. Well, our smartphones are thousands of times better.
3: The space shuttle, when it's in space, does it just juke around like a, no. like a land vehicle? No, no it doesn't it, either,
2: it, right? They pre-plot everything. And, speaking yeah. of VIC-20s, mm. space shuttle, up until its last overhaul, was run by what? Three Commodore 64s. Commod- yeah, that's right. For all right. intents and purposes. Remember in the old days we used to... Yeah. Computer A says go, computer B says no. Yeah. Those were Commodore 64s, power-wise. Like, yeah. literally. But we're seeing like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? It's like, could you put the floppy in that? turn yeah. it off and on? Right. Uh, Mode
3: comma 8 comma 1. one. Yeah. <laughs> like, not only weapon choice, but won't propulsion be a major factor in it, future space wars?
2: In in the sense that, like, all weapon stuff, like right, even planetary weapon stuff is how do I take energy at point A and take it to the target in a way that I want to do interesting things with. By I, interesting do you mean explody? You well look at a gun, right? <laughs> I have a gunpowder explosion, which yeah. is fun, but it's in the palm of my hand and maybe if I press up a guy's face and set it off, it'll hurt and burn him. On the other because the energy goes everywhere. It's a radial explosion. Right. On the other hand, if I pack it into a metal tube and put like a hard thing in front of it, suddenly all the explosion energy that would have gone in every direction wasted is all directed into that little metal thing, which then comes flying out the end of the tube. And then it also hits the dude. Again, all that power hits in the tiny little surface area of the bullet, which is better than in a baseball bat when you do your sword thing, right? What's the point of the sword? Is to take all the energy from your shoulders, legs, hips, and concentrate it along the very sharp edge of something. So space combat's the same thing. It's just like...
1: Much larger distances. Much larger
2: distances. But again, I mean, in the crazy Reagan days, the first beam weapons they wanted to use were the X-ray lasers pumped by nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. So basically you put, the simple explanation is you put a giant lens in front of a bomb, set off the atomic bomb, and it lasers the energy coming out of that bomb. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it reflects it. Yeah. Yeah, it focuses, focuses, it, focuses it. it, right? Again, all that energy which would be wasted in you know a small nuclear weapon, which wouldn't be dangerous in space past 50 feet, if you collect it and focus it then you've taken a large part of that energy and transferred it to a
0: tiny portion of your target which what? That melts it. Was that what? really part of the Reagan Star Wars yeah. plan? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I know I know desperately little about
3: that. Oh, because it was It was be- called Star Wars, that's was- all I needed to know. Yes.
2: And and it was introduced what would have been the world's most complicated system which had to work the first time at 98% efficiency was sold to American people with a kid's drawing of crayons and a shield and little missiles going boop. Do you remember that first press conference you did? They animated, it some something about dear Mr. Reagan, I'm afraid of being nuked by godless commies, right? And then it's like, okay. So then the girl would be drawing little pictures of her family being killed and raped and murdered. I think they left that part out. Oh. But, anyways, <laughs> but then it's like, you know that bit where they're trying to pretend the kid is drawing it as you watch, right? Oh, okay. So like literally the crayon shield goes up wow. and the crayon missiles come in and go Like boop, missile command. Boop, yeah, exactly.
3: Right? Yeah, there you go. Well, that makes perfect sense. People can relate to that. Yeah,
2: they could, right? Yeah, Atari was
3: ubiquitous at yeah. that stage
2: of the game. Did you ever see the uh, somebody who came up with the good metaphor to show the other case of it? Because it was supposed to be, this shield will stop. If it worked perfectly, right. 90% of Russian warheads would be stopped. And some guy's like, well, take the standard roadmap atlas map of the United States, which is like about two feet by a foot and a half, put four bricks all around it, take a manhole cover, which roughly covers that whole surface, take ten dimes and drill, use them to map out 10 holes in the surface, which is roughly 10% of that surface area. Mm -hmm. Then take a bucket and put, what was it, 3,600 black beans, which represent the 3,600 active Russian warheads, Okay. and the 11,000 white beans, which were the active Russian decoys. Mix (laughs) them into the bucket, pour the bucket onto the manhole cover.
3: This is a very complicated formula. Yes,
2: Yes, but it gets fun because then you lift it off, And then you check to see if there's any black beans by your house.
3: Mm. And if there's
2: a black bean by your house, you died anyways despite the trillion-dollar missile shield. Yeah, oh,
1: <laughs> right? see. 90% coverage doesn't ha- help when they have more 50, than yeah, 50 exactly. times right. as many that they need to nuke everybody. It's just
2: like, we'll be, yeah. again, the little child, we'll be safe under the cartoon shield. It's like, yes, but why The Black
3: Bean landed on Grandma. Well, <laughs> yes. none of that, it probably, uh, you know, didn't stem proliferation because Russians... No, they just, like, just build we more. D- we just got to, oh, okay, they got a nuclear shield that's 90% effective. We just got to build 90% more missiles. And they're doing the same thing now, right? Right. Like, so the
2: Americans have the the cuter, not nicer point-to-point interception, right? They have a laser packed into a 747 now. So if the North Koreans call ahead and say they're firing mm-hmm. a missile. You can fly your 747 up there and wait for it. And Into space? Before it gets to space. It's called a ascent trajectory, right? You burn a hole in its fuel tank as it's lifting off, and it goes boom. boom oh. Before it quite gets to space warfare.
1: I have a feeling that if they're doing their job right, they don't need to call, that the Americans will know right away what's going on. Yeah, they
2: do. But again, that, that whole space, so you can space warfare, the first purpose of space warfare is observation. Right? It's the best World War One observing balloon ever. Most of our Cold War mutual assured destruction thing was literally satellites going, I saw a big hot flash. Does anybody care? Right, And then if, you, if it saw 50 big hot flashes, which meant 50 missiles were launching, then you would run to the button, press, right. and, and end the world. But literally big hot flashes... Kind of a vague, you know, like in movies, it's always for sure it's the thing.
3: Right? All right, what I really want to know, and probably all, what all of our listeners want to know, how do we get dogfights in space? How, how do we get our X Wings versus X-wings. TIE fighters? When is that going to happen?
1: We're going to have to figure out how to ignore a lot of Newton's laws. Yes. Dog!
0: Curse you, Newton! <laughs> Damn you, Newton! <laughs>
1: Well, we've got Newton's laws of motion, right, which is objects at rest tend to stay at rest, objects in motion tend to stay uh, in motion. Of course, in space, you've got no friction. So if you are piloting your X-wing straight ahead, and then let's just say that you turn off your engines, uh, you will keep going ahead at that exact same speed. If you then rotate and thrust, say, let's pick an arbitrary direction and call it up, you uh, thrust up, you will still keep moving forward because your wings have no air to, like, slow them down on to move you in another direction. So you'll just then add speed on that goes up and start going a vector of kind of diagonally up and forward. So you've got all this really complicated having to turn around and deal with your current speed. What about Uh,
3: retro rockets?
2: Did did you watch Babylon 5 at all? Babylon 5 was the next step up because somebody went, I've taken physics, but I still want to do the space fighter thing. Hmm. So in B5, you get that classic strafing the big ship, except then the fighter then... Did,
3: Did you just shorten it to B5? Yeah. Babylon 5. That's, 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 that's the standard nomenclature, yes. Yeah, okay. that's, that's, right. that's, that's, I just learned something right there. Bam, learned it. So it's a
0: long word. Just like we're, we're changing Star Wars to SW, even though it's more I syllables. was going to say that's more syllables. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is two syllables.
0: SW <laughs> is three. In Babylon
2: 5, the fighters, you do that classic Star Wars strafe of the big long ship like in World War II. Except then, halfway through, they spin around, so the ship rotates, yeah. so it's facing backwards, but the momentum keeps carrying it the other direction, mm. so it just keeps shooting as it flies they, away from it. Yeah, you. they
1: would even do strafing oh, flybys, so they would yeah. do that. Th- they thrust so that they're going along the side of the ship, yeah. and then stop thrusting, and just use their, th- their side thrusters to rotate. And then just glide by the ship, shooting at it, two, 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 straight out of the camera. But
0: I think the issue that Kevin is getting at is that in the future, all those army commercials that are trying to sell recruitment are yeah. going to have a hard time if it's a bunch of nerds typing yeah. coordinates in a computer. Yeah, computers. from light years
3: away, it's like, yes. I'm going to blow that guy up 10 years from now. But
0: they will be dressed in the silver suit with the V neck.
2: Yeah, well, that's why they yes, do the commercial, real. though, where the guy turns into a knight in shining armor and uses a sword to chop up godless communists, right? Because mm-hmm.
0: that's sexier than. I've hit a bomb in the road. Well, let's talk a little bit about the history of space warfare and some of the stuff that has happened. ALMAZ. Yes. The Russian program? The Russian program.
1: The Russian program?
0: Uh, A series of military space stations, or Orbital Piloted Station, OPS, launched by the Soviet Union under the cover of the civilian Salyut Durable Orbital Station after 1971. Let's ponder back for a second.
2: Remember I told you about how satellites see that you've launched a bunch of missiles at people? Yeah. What would be changed if you were just dumping nukes out the window and they were falling down on the planet? There'd be no big flash of Red flame for the satellites to detect. Oh. oh, that was that was the point of orbital weapon platforms.
3: I like okay. the mental image of some Ruski uh, standing on a space platform and pushing a nuke off the edge. They're just rolling it out the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a cosmonaut roll- they're
2: called. Yeah. 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 As you look at some of your space treaties, this is why they push for those early enough because Mad was based on certain Mutual Assured Destruction Thank you
1: Thank you for using that correctly by the way It's not Mutually No (laughs) It's Mutual
2: Anyway But that was based on a certain ritualized form of warfare Right As in if we rack launch against you These very obvious signs will be created And you will have the chance then to rack launch back And we all die And that's why we won't do it things like weapons, platforms, in orbit negate half of the ritualized warning period, to which it makes things really unstable.
3: Somebody might actually get the jump on Jigang somebody jump else. On it, which
2: means your decision time drops from the sane and sensible 15 minutes to decide to destroy the Earth, it drops down to about 3 or 4 minutes to decide destroy, to destroy the Earth. Oh, right,
3: oh, right, wow.
0: That's We're not f- enough time. That's not enough time. 15 minutes, I that could, was fine.
3: I could have used that 11 minutes. It's... That 11 minutes warning. I don't know what I would have done with my 11 minutes, but
0: without it, I would you miss could, it. You could microwave a burrito.
2: It makes it
3: a decent <laughs> (laughs) amount of time to figure
1: out if it's just a sensor error
0: yes
3: you know like
2: like literally you guys could do a whole episode just on times we accidentally killed everyone on earth there's literally like 15 events that were within the 10 minute margin that were just based entirely on oops or i forgot or i didn't turn off the test machine
3: or matthew broderick hacking his way uh
2: but literally it's down to guys going huh my base launches a missile every week towards cuba Should I stop doing that during the Cuban Missile Crisis?
0: (laughs) Nah. I better not call anybody and ask either. Launch anyways. So uh, I see here that three uh, Almaz stations were launched, Salyut 2, Salyut 3, and Salyut 5. Following Salyut 5, the Soviet Ministry of Defense judged in 1978 That the time consumed by station maintenance outweighed the benefits relative to automatic reconnaissance satellite.
3: Because they didn't have any money. Yeah, they ran out of money.
0: And putting a dude in space is expensive. (laughs) Even the the Russians found out (laughs) keeping a dog in space is
2: expensive. There was a couple Italian dudes who were big radio fanatics and space guys. And when the space race was starting, they did a lot of building their own equipment and listening in and being clever enough to do stuff like looking at the pictures of the, the area on the Gemini and figuring out what wavelength the Americans must be using by looking at the picture and comparing it to the height of the guy next to the spacesuit. What? Yeah. So, very clever radio engineer listening to American back in the day when it was cool to listen to stuff from space. Um, Um, They also collected a bunch of possibly failed Russian experiments that never made it to the news, including just one voice going farther and farther away until it finally cuts out entirely. So, according to the day that they acquired, the Russians probably bounced a couple guys off the atmosphere and lost them.
3: Wow, very 2001.
2: Someday an archaeologist will crack that guy open right somewhere out near Jupiter. (laughs) Be the perfect example of 1950s, man. Let's talk about space treaties. Space treaties.
0: I know about the Outer Space Treaty. Formerly known as the Treaty on Principles Governing the Activities of States in the Exploration and Use of Outer Space, including the Moon and Other Celestial Bodies.
3: Wow, that needs an acronym. Well,
0: that's why I just changed it to Outer Space Treaty. Uh. The, the treaty was opened for signature in the U.S., the U.K., and the Soviet Union on January 27, 1967, and entered into force on October 10th of that same year. And as of January 1st 2008, 98 countries are states' parties to the treaty... Well, another 27 have signed the treaty but have not yet completed ratification. What does a treaty like this mean? It means
2: uh, don't do jerky mean things in space. But the problem is the jerky mean things you can do are so amazingly subtle, it's child's play to blame it on something else. So, for instance, last year or the year before, the Chinese tested an anti-satellite weapon, which was basically little satellite, drive up to big satellite, blow yourself up. It doesn't have to be very sophisticated. Wow, right.
3: wow that's surprisingly simple. You see,
2: that's a problem with why won't there be Star Wars flying around, because the simple stuff just works the best, right? Like, right. instead of my double turbo lasers, how about I dump ball bearings out behind me and you run
0: into them at 40,000 miles an hour? And you just disappear in a flash of kinetic energy. Oh, it's like
3: it's like a space spike strip. I was thinking right. more
0: like James Bond. It's just some gas out the back of the uh, car. an
3: oil slick. Yep. Yeah. Kinetic,
2: kinetic energy rules. But anyway, so they, they test and detonate, to which everybody goes, jerks, you're weaponizing space and they go, It was a repair satellite and it malfunctioned and exploded and we're very sorry. And you're going to go up and check, right? right. You it know. was an accident. It was an accident. Because mm-hmm. remember, the space shuttle, unlike in Buck Rogers in the 21st century, it doesn't go higher than very, very low. Oh, here's another interesting thing. We can deal with Fallout from Space War. Oh, yeah. Because people are poised to wipe out each other's spy sats, because again, it's the top few. The Russians, the Americans have their own anti-sat weaponry. A lot of it just based on what I just described, which is just wander up and explode. Okay. right. Or there's a couple sats up there that will literally just dump ball
0: bearings and counter-order. Are there like killer satellites made up there? That are yeah. Just, just but ready to mm-hmm. yeah, kill. Yeah, but,
2: but like them said, they're full of ball yeah, bearings instead yeah. of missile weapons, right? Jacks. So, so the result Maybe of that... A, a rubber ball as well. Yeah, <laughs> so the first five minutes of any global war would yeah. be Everybody blind, they you know, all right. three three Stooges stuff. Everybody right. blinds. Everybody <laughs> yeah. the resulting debris in orbit would keep us out of space for about the next twenty five thousand years. Oh, right, because <laughs> literally oh, there would nice. be nothing but a band of shredded steel hundreds of miles thick. The shrapnel zone, will call it? Yeah, like literally which any attempt to fly through would just leave you shredded.
3: The atmosphere followed by a shrapnel zone. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out polar launches. Yes,
2: polar launches and uh, really big nets. Because it's already starting to be like all the ball bearings that have been dropped normally are already a problem. They're like, what, 31,000 objects per every... it's some ridiculous. NASA and NORAD track each thing down to a nut and bolt by radar to see sure. where it is because one of those smokes the space shuttle yeah. you can kiss it goodbye sort of thing not that it takes mm-hmm. much to take down space shuttle very shuttles. dangerous yes well again kinetic energy right you're going 30,000 miles an hour in one way and the other person going 30,000 miles the other way yeah. below. Yeah. And it's below
1: it's like, yeah it's like a bullet if you have a, uh, a bolt an inch long and then you hit it going 50,000 miles an hour that's as though you were hit standing still and being hit by a bolt moving at 50,000 miles an hour
2: that whole thing where we're approaching a planet at 0.9 the speed of lights and now, <laughs> and now we'll take out our laser guns it's like why? Just drop a bowling ball, right? <laughs> a bowling ball going point nine c hitting the upper atmosphere of a planet is like every nuke in the world all in one spot.
3: Devastating. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's just like uh, we should talk about Blue Gemini as well. Blue Gemini, the attempt to Air Force Eyes the Gemini's project to use it for very
3: subtle. Can you just stick testing. eyes on the end of anything? Yes,
2: especially when talking military stuff. Like um, weapon eyes,
3: Air Force eyes, Soldier eyes, soldier Army eyes, Betty Davis eyes. Right. <laughs> Hungry <laughs> that would Snake eyes. Snake eyes.
2: Blue Gemini's part of was early then but there's always been a long tradition of the secret Air Force version of everything you see NASA doing Right, like in the early days of the shuttle the Air Force wanted their own shuttle and their own launch system they technically didn't get it but it's quite possible they did get it because that's the interesting thing about people go, oh, Area 51 no it's not the thing by the road it's the entire surface area of Nevada behind the mountain behind the thing by the road that is the important part because that's where you could hide a launch facility and stuff like that the American military owns vast vast tracts of just sheer yeah. territory and if you were going to put an actual you know secret launch facility that's where you would put it for anything that you see NASA doing you can guarantee that there's either an air force version of it or at least the air force is hitchhiking like if you look through the list of shuttle missions there's blank spots for payloads where it's just like air force that's it oh i see could be cookies could be a death beam we didn't ask. They just put the box on the shuttle and told us when to dump it out. Okay. Yeah. Air
3: Force cookies.
0: The Air Force Girl Guides. Oh, air cadets, yeah. Air, air cadets. Yeah. Air cadet cookies. Air they should make those in the, in the shape of uh, It'd be like an satellites. an Uh, One early test of electronic space warfare took place in 1963 when the U.S. exploded a ground-launched nuclear weapon in space to test the effects of an EMP. That's electromagnetic pulse. The result was a deactivation of many then-orbiting satellites, both American and Soviet. So you could weaponize literally within two weeks there was something bad in orbit. (laughs) And uh, the deleterious and unfocused effects of the EMP test led to the banning of nuclear weapons in space in the Outer Space Treaty of 1968. But not before they had detonated dozens of them
2: in orbit. There's actually a DVD showing them. Oh, really? And it looks super cool. Tell me more. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a three DVD set of nuclear weapons tests, and the last one was this was about the space ones. It's recorded footage right. of the actual stuff, and it's literally like the color out of space wow. has come to Earth. You don't get the fireball; you just get these perfect spherical flashes with spheres of different shockwaves inside them.
3: The the relaunch of the Star Wars series that happened back in like the mid '90s, yeah. when they showed the Death Star explode, and you had those like concentric rings going on. Yeah. That that's actually what actually happened. Happens.
2: Yeah sort of except picture that but fully instead of a flat ring picture yeah. that as three dimensional
3: yeah.
0: like it's just entire spheres of radiating energy oh, wow. coming George Lucas got something right. right And that was in Star Trek 6 as well something explodes and only one yeah you get a narrow shot which is a constant problem in all TV shows and movies where every all the ships approach each other on a level. Well, on one axis. Three, three dimensions of, yeah. don't exist in space. Well, right. having,
2: having designed stuff like that, it's very hard for people to deal with. That yeah, sort of I thing, know. Right? I it's know. very confusing. Also, in space, nuclear weapons aren't that useful. What? They're I'm going to cancel my project. Lit- <laughs> literally, they have to, except for the MP <laughs> thing, literally, they're a contact weapon. Because what makes an atomic bomb terrible on Earth is the shock wave yeah. and the heat wave.
3: Right. And the radiation. And the radiation. And, the
2: radiation. And, the radiation. In, and in space, your ship is already proofed against radiation, yeah, or right. you'd be dead already. Yeah. And there's nothing to carry the shock wave. So basically, True. it's a blast of photon radiation and a Wait, blast so of particle no, radiation. I guess so the, you can be blinded if you look at it. If you look at it, or, again, all your radial aerials can get melted off by, uh. by the particle wave, but mm-hmm. that's it.
3: Space warfare in the news I'm guessing I'm going out on a limb that we will have nothing to talk about in the the news section
0: Because there is no war in space as far as we know
3: Last time I checked, no TIE fighters and X-Wings going at it (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. Well, thanks for playing our game.
3: That could have also uh, been chewy. April
1: 5th, 2010, this month, the Air Force will send the X-37, a sort of unmanned mini space shuttle salvaged from a scrap NASA project, into orbit. Is that but
0: the predecessor of X-36? That would be the son of X-36. The son of X-36. Oh, so
3: the, the
0: antecedent? Uh, the, the, yeah, antecedent. The prologue or the what? Ante-logue? What thing that
1: came after?
3: What, what is X-37?
1: Well, I got a photo here, which we'll put up uh, on a site. It, it kind of looks like a gimpy, retarded space shuttle with no windows. <laughs> Just well, like, if there's no windows, how can you look out? Well, it's unmanned. How can you see? Oh, robots.
0: It's, it's a drone. Pilot by robots.
1: Robots. They don't know why they rescued this project that NASA wanted to scrap in uh, 2006, and uh, they don't know why they want to use it. Uh, I've also got a follow up on that. Apparently, a some. Follow up so soon?
3: How do you have a follow up? <laughs> this is follow-up. the first time I'm hearing a about follow-up
1: it. A follow up to they're going to launch it. There have been some uh, hobbyists, uh, amateur astronomers, who have actually located it uh, in space so that it's, it's up there and currently orbiting the Earth. Uh, but again, they don't know well, what it's it, for.
3: If there's no people on it, what is in it? We don't know.
1: But I'm sure it's something wonderful for the, all of mankind because... Bombs. The American Air Force is, a, is all Robot about humanitarian bombs. pursuit of pure science. Sure.
0: They got bomb Or,
1: you know, uh, peace sized We're going to peace-ize this whole planet from space. The peace of the grave. I d- I, we don't know. That's the thing. It's a top secret.
2: I should also keep in mind that that phrase, canceled NASA project, often means uh, thanks for doing the legwork will take over That's and do right. something secret with it. Tell everybody yeah.
1: you've canceled this. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good man. Yes.
2: There, there's no future in a flight platform that can deliver a guided weapon to anywhere on the
0: Earth in 90 minutes. Well, yeah. And now we're talking about movies, suddenly.
1: Hey, but, uh, well, there's lots of space wars in movies and TV and stuff like that.
0: And games. And games. Which, well, what should we talk about <laughs> first, then? Should we talk about certain space exploration and and fighting games, like perhaps Sword of the Stars? Exploitationizing. Sword of the Stars, a space 4X game, as you were saying. So
1: 4X, so for people who don't know what 4X is. Exploit,
2: exterminate, ex- explore,
1: ex- X-
2: ex- exciting. Exterminate!
1: <laughs> explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. Expand.
2: From planet to planet, spreading your political agenda across the stars. In Sword of the Stars, we have six different races, all with their own agendas, and all with their own types of ships to have Plus and minuses All it's, their own agendas? Like different any, kind
3: of books that they keep their schedules in?
2: Um, yes, indeed, actually <laughs> And and some, often voiced by Torrin Are looking for God Oh yeah, To show them how to enslave the rest of the universe
0: Does yeah. Torrin
3: play God or play an alien looking for God? Plays an alien looking for God What does God uh, need with a starship?
0: Is there any race that just uh, lets ball bearings Out of the back of a ship? Yes very fast ball bearings. Ooh. Our our entire ballistic branch of the weapons
2: tree is all very kinetic. Because really, firing a steel bowling ball at 70,000 miles an hour is a very effective weapon in outer space. But SOTS is, is basically movie fun, as in the weapons are all fun, as opposed to the sad and depressing realm of real space combat. Because... Right? People don't like paying money to play a game where they go up to space and then die. And then.
1: I was going to mention one of the, the earliest space warfare video games uh, that I can remember, and I don't just mean space war, That's, which was like literally the yes, first. Yes. With the Wing Commander series yep. uh, on the on the old PC, I would play it on my old forty six, loved the heck out of it. That used just a more earthbound way of flying. In the, yeah. you know, If you pulled up, you would stop your forward movement and start moving up, just like flying uh, in, in a plane in the air. Um, but I do remember that because of that, there was a bunch of kind of knockoffs of Wing Commander, and one of them I believe was called Mantis. Yes, And Mantis insisted on using, like, real physics for its space combat, which made it virtually unplayable for a person who was not a human computer.
2: Mantis is why I have the job I have today, actually. Oh, wow. Mantis was so frightening that I wrote a letter to CGW saying, oh, my God, what an amazing, crappy experience. (laughs) And they didn't publish the letter, but they did ask me if I wanted a job reviewing. Oh, wow. And then from there I went from outside the business to inside the business to running the a business. But, yeah, Mantis was... The proof that true realism, not always the most fun thing, right? Straczynski, Straczynski had a great line, again, from B5. Also wrote yeah. an episode that's, of The Real Ghostbusters. That's right. Also, Captain Power, he used to write episodes. Wow. <laughs> but anyways, no, some in, in typical science fiction convention style, someone went, um, excuse me, um, we're having an argument on how fast a Star Fury can fly? To which he looked at them, sagey, and goes, it flies at the speed of
1: plot.
3: <laughs>
2: and that's generally how things are supposed to go, right? Sure. I
3: actually
1: have a little bit of a Straczynski story, if I might digress. Oh, yes. Way, about space? way back, sort of. It's about Babylon 5 oh, uh, yeah. and the Internet. Uh, way back before I was even on the Internet, I was on CompuServe, and they had their science fiction uh, section. I Roundtable. Uh, science fiction roundtable yeah. or something like that. And I would go there and, and you know, read them and stuff like that. I would download all the, the posts. And I remembered seeing this one post from a guy. It was just after the Babylon 5 pilot had aired, uh, which I thought was really bad. It was very 80s. Yeah, it was very 80s. The, the, a lot of the acting was terrible. Uh, it didn't really focus on anything very well. I just didn't – I thought it was kind of a mess. And so this guy posts, hey, I just thought everybody want to know we – Found out the Babylon Five has been picked up to be a full series, so you're going to probably be seeing it. And da 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 da. And I thought it was just some guy posting, and I'm the first responder, and I go, "What? <laughs> that show sucked!" And then I get a whole bunch of private messages from people who go, "Just you know, that's Jay Michael Straczynski. That's the guy who made Babylon Five, so and he's you- kind of got a temper." So you
2: set the entire comic <laughs> pattern of the internet.
1: Yeah, it's I your fault. <laughs> Straczynski was already off on it. You fucking asshole. God damn it, I worked my life and on that this. that guy
0: with the crazy hair showed up to your house. That's
1: right. <laughs> Mr. Forgjump. Aside from that first season, Babylon 5 is some of the finest science fiction television ever made. The first season, I think, is pretty bad. You still have to watch it. You,
3: Starship Troopers. Love that movie.
1: It
0: was a book, too. And I also like, an animated series, which was actually the best.
3: Really? There's a Starship Troopers animated series? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: It's a <laughs> CG. Early CG cartoon. I did it's, not know that. It's actually really good.
3: The, you know what I like about that movie is uh, how it was all told from the perspective of the news agencies, and it presumed that what they were saying was true. But right. how exactly do these bugs fling these giant meteors at Earth?
1: Faster than the speed of light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: from one planet to another. Because yeah. uh, otherwise... They would just appear out of these <laughs> yeah. giant warp holes yep. and, la- and bury Buenos Aires. And, yes. and I love the fact those questions were never answered. <laughs> like it's Oh, no. It's coming for, to us from an entirely different solar
1: system. We've only got several thousand years to prepare. Or 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 worse, the bugs declared
0: a sneak attack 12 million years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's finally getting here. Right? No. Uh, Wasn't that also part of the plot of War of the Worlds? Mars was chucking uh, giant rocks at us? Yes, Mars... Oh, much really? Clo- not giant rocks. Giant tubes full of Martians.
2: Closer and also Wells. He didn't go, the flash of light was this afternoon, and then it hit, right? Yeah. It was, there was flashes of lights last summer, and now... thunk, 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 thunk. But those are basically troop carriers. One giant cylinder, three Martian.
1: Now I think the best example of just lobbing stuff from space that I can think of wasn't in a movie but in a book uh, by Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell. Larry Niven, uh, best known probably for his Ringworld series. It's called Footfall. Footfall is about an attack by an alien race and they come in using fairly conventional... what do they look like? uh, They look like uh, elephants. They're evil elephants. Yeah, they're evil evil elephants. Niven's known as a very hard science, kind of science fiction writer. He tries to get it as accurate as he can He takes uh, as few Liberties Liberties. Liberties.
2: He libertizes
1: He takes very few liberties uh, with the science And so they come in using what's called a Bussard ramjet. But scoops
2: anyway. hi- of hydrogen, packs into an
1: engine. And the way that they attack Earth initially is as they come into our solar system and are slowing down, they just kind of pick up a bunch of rocks out of the asteroid belt, carry them along with them, and then when they get to Earth, they just let them keep going, and they slow down. So they're up in space, and they just start dropping rocks on Earth, and they say, give up, and because they are a herd race... The way that the wars on their planet normally go is they fight until one side is obviously won and then the loser goes, yes, you've obviously won and they just get a- a- assimilated into the other the other herd and so they're all really surprised when humans go, no, fuck you, and fight First. back.
2: Um, and there's a real space war tie-in for Niven and Pornell. What's that? A, Pornell takes credit for ending the Cold War via the speeches him and Niven wrote some of the Reagan Star Wars speeches mm-hmm. in the early 80s.
3: Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan. hired science fiction writers, writers. To write, to write the pitch,
2: basically the pitch documents
3: to defend the space, star, the Star nice. Wars program,
2: which at one point Pornell was then extrapolating to the level of we knew it really wouldn't work, but we were trying to goad the Russians into spending a zillion dollars to compensate for it, and right. they did. So to break won. their economy, yeah, yeah <laughs> right. which awesome. is the most. Backdoor, I meant to do that argument I've ever heard.
3: (laughs) That
1: is
2: pretty awesome.
3: Their
1: economy collapsed. That was because of us. It was
2: my stunning plan, yes. By the time you get towards the middle of the 90s, it's universally agreed that Star Wars was the stupidest plan
0: known to mankind to which it became.
2: Yeah, no, we knew it was stupid, but it was a trick. It was a ploy.
0: (laughs) Okay, United Federation of Planets from Star Trek is Mm -hmm. fighting the Empire from Star Wars. Who has the tactical advantage Federation does.
1: Because they've got the speed advantage.
0: And they also have a very strict coherent military Star Wars is all just a
2: bunch of guys saying, what do you want to do let's blow up a planet
3: you're or, forgetting the fact they have superpowers for all intents and purposes there's no superpowers in Star Trek what is it what about Deanna Troy she's you're, got a superpower
0: besides their superpower is, is a rusty religion the guy at the staff meeting oh, for Vader oh
3: Trump's. sorcerous ways yeah, yeah haven't, right haven't <laughs> I'm on his you. side it's yeah I don't know I, I gotta go with superpowers trumping uh, military organizations superpowers did
2: yeah, the Death it, Star yeah <laughs> and, in
0: the, and in the Empire only one guy well two guys had superpowers. I guess that's Darth true. Darth Vader and the Emperor. But here's the thing about Star Trek: they have Data, who's like one of the most sophisticated robots ever. Mm-hmm. But they never use like robot spaceships or anything. Yeah. in any of their. The closest combat. they do is send, is send a probe They'll somewhere. Send that's it. Because How about a probe with a laser. Because
2: the true Star Trek, uh, Kirk's prove that Kirk can always befuddle an AI oh, and crush right. it in seconds. Merely Sorry. by saying, I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> right? if you. If you look at the transition from fun space to. Flash gordon Yeah, Thanks, well, and, mm. and to retaining the drama value but trying to be more realistic, then your transition is Star Wars to Space Above Me on than the new BSG: Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. Sorry. You wrote hundreds of pages of design docs where you have to type out 400 syllables or just You just letters. said
3: design docs. I, I'm They're, just going to call you MC. As
2: the master of ceremonies, <laughs> I respect that. So what happened in Space Above and Beyond? I never watched space it. Space Above and Beyond was kind of a transition show. It only lasted... Again, Fox paid for a decent science fiction show and then canceled it after yeah. a single season. But it was the first show to really do the really gung-ho, the military in space but not the, yeah, I have targeting womp rats, but instead I went through basic and a okay. stuff and mm-hmm. guys' spacesuits have been punctured and they die. I mean, basically it was World War II carrier combat in space. So like I said, it did get huge, but the Battlestar Galactica guys definitely looked at it. We should possibly run with that a bit further and apply it to really old cowboys wearing half-capes on giant spaceships.
1: A lot of really good stuff in space above and beyond. Yeah. It, it took a little while for it to kind of yeah. find its niche, and then at the end gave us one of the most disappointing cancellations yes. because of a because a great cliffhanger like just a massive cliffhanger and we were like oh my god this yeah. is so good now now we have to watch the second season it's been cancelled literally,
2: literally it's like last few seconds it's cast explosion tune in next year Oh. Cancelled,
1: right?
3: Ah. Like,
2: right? But Galactica—if you watch, remember the pilot of Battlestar Galactica, right? The pilot was very much about being realistic space, whereas we can—they're coming mm-hmm. in, we can see them from a distance. There's nuclear bombs, the, bombs going off—the off, effect of a nuclear bomb on a giant starship. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So instead of that, the starship is impervious till it explodes into a ball of sparks, like in Star Wars or Star Trek, for that matter, and the lack of shields. Right? Shields are a, are an anti-combat. Drama moment. If I'm shooting, if I'm writing a dramatic scene, and we shooting at a ship with shields, you as the audience know whatever's going to happen next is not going to be lethal. Okay. At, at the best, Jordy will yell, "We're down to twenty percent shields," right? Right. Whereas if I do a show without any shields, if I say there's a weapon coming, instantly mm-hmm. tension level is much higher. Sure. Right. Okay. So in Galactica. There's when they say nuclear missile launch, you don't go, I wonder if the shields will hold. You go, Oh my god. You know, a giant nuclear missile is gonna hit the side of the ship and right. the big light goes off. So they concentrated on that. The viper shoot bullets as opposed to super fancy laser beams. Right. That, that was an attempt to make you know realistic space warfare but still be dramatic and cool and
0: now, this is kinda of taking what we've uh, seen and read from science fiction. And going back to the real life stuff, are there going to be particle weapons? Are those going to be the weapons of the future? Or, or are ballistics still going to be like way to go or lasers? Or- it's, it's speed versus distance. Right, so in space, distances is very far. The ultimate speed
2: is a light weapon. The issue is, is that light weapons a take a ridiculous amount of energy to lay to any useful ability to bore a hole in things. Like even now, the shoot down the missiles with the laser. Yeah, the laser doesn't zot, and the missile explodes. The laser hits, burns through, okay. and then explodes, mm-hmm.
0: right? and then a, it has better. It's like it's like corneal a, yeah, vision. Yeah, it's like a fat kid with a giant magnifying
2: glass. Right. It doesn't, so, yeah.
0: are we going to develop a better laser? or Are we moving on to like plasma weapons? It, it depends what you want to do. Right.
2: So right now. Our combat is all interface combat. Interface refers to atmosphere to space and space to back. We don't have a space navy yet. We have an interface navy, which is the technical term for it. All our combat and all our problems are dealing with going from ground to air to space and back again. Someday we may have a space navy that is actually a vacuum navy. Those ships never come into atmosphere they bombard from orbit, they deal with problems of getting from system to system. But right now, for our interface combat, kinetic energy almost always means Because the distances are just orbital, which are not too absurd. Again, delivering a kinetic punch to any object is almost lethal. We have no... It's it's cool to say the word shields, but they just... Like hologram, it doesn't really mean anything. Because literally a shield, an electromagnetic shield, would have to have all the energy of a bullet but spread over the entire sphere. Right. right which would be power to light a city.
3: In books. Want to talk about our favorite- One of my personal favorites, Piers Anthony, bio of a space tyrant, but a, uh, a young orphan from a moon around Jupiter that eventually rules the universe.
1: I'd have to go to another uh, Niven, actually Niven series of books would be The Man Kazin Wars set in the Ringworld universe uh, and it's about humanity fighting against the Kazinti.
3: One, one of the things that I liked about the Bios Space Tyrant series was that there was no alien race to fight. It was people against people. Yeah. I mean, it felt like something that could actually happen.
1: As far as realistic
2: space combat, probably CJ Sherry's uh, Merchant books. Um, also merchant also, of Ivory? No. I didn't merchant, realize that merchant, was in space. Merchanter's Luck and uh, Down Below Station and also oh, The Pride of Shunor. Her space stuff is very, very practical. She has an FTL drive, but other than that, it's space freighters and they have to dump mass in order to slow down. And the weapons are very deadly but you know, but not super lasers, they're just very practical, basic stuff. And she concentrates just on how extremely deadly and dangerous
0: being in space and fighting in space mm-hmm. is. Can I say spaceship zero? Which <laughs> <laughs> is not it, only is a role playing on? game. Yeah, the war between the hydronauts and the and space corp. Oh, okay. Well, the remnants of Space War. The
3: core. remnants, yeah. the, the survivors of the human population.
0: And in fact, I think the music you listened to during the break was Frogstar from the album Spaceship Zero by the Darkest of the so Hillside Tickets. Oh, I love them. But the actual real book that I read most recently was probably Sirens of Titan. Kurt Vonnegut Jr. The Kurtster. Yeah, wow. it's, it's funny. It's unexpected. And there is, there is a war. There's a sort of a space war, but it's not what you'd expect. So in summing up, Grape Shot... Is the best space weapon. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. And where can we find Sword of the Stars? On download
2: sites like gamersgate.com. And we've just recently released the Complete Edition, which has Sword of the Stars, Board of Blood, A Murder of Crows, and the Argos Navy Yard expansions, all packed up into
0: one giant ball of 4X fun. That's convenient. Very. Also pick up Spaceship Zero in stores now. And what stores, you ask? Game stores and music stores.
3: See you next time on Caustic Soda. Thank you, Martin.
0: You're all quite welcome. Thanks for having me.